1: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome everyone to the Liverpool.com podcast. I am your host David Comerford and I'm joined once again by the Liverpool.com editor Matt Addison as we continue our series of deep dives into Liverpool's midfielders ahead of the club's rebuild in this summer's transfer, market. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at Harvey Elliott. We've looked at Thiago and Curtis Jones in the past couple of weeks, but um, Elliott is going to be our focus today. And a reminder that we are live on Twitter Spaces, and also you can listen to us afterwards on any audio platforms. So, Matt, let's get straight into it. Um, We'll begin with a focus on, on this season for Elliott before we look at what the future might hold for him. I just want to read you some stats about his level of involvement. Um, as we assess how he's done this year so he's made 18 starts in the Premier League he started 5 of Liverpool's first 8 and 10 of their first 14 before the World Cup but since the World Cup he's only started 8 of Liverpool's 22 Premier League games and perhaps most damningly of all I suppose only 1 of the last 9 so how do you assess generally speaking this season for Harvey Elias and how it's going for him? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a hard one to assess and I think when he's played, he's he's done well. I think the new system probably suits him better than what he, he was in before. I think there was some question marks quite rightly about where he fits into that more kind of traditional 4-3-3, if you like, that Liverpool were using at the start of this season. It looks like they've moved away from that slightly. I think the question shifts really from where does he fit into that to can you play both him and Curtis Jones in the same team in terms of, of both being more advanced players I think the answer to that is is yes. It's just a case of over the last few games, Liverpool have kind of found a, a bit of a formula that seems to work. You're not going to want to, to change it up too much. And I think the biggest thing for me really is that he's so young, he shouldn't be playing anywhere near as much football as, as what he has done this season. There was, I think, up until the, the Chelsea game, almost every match we were talking about the fact that he'd, he'd was the only Liverpool player that had been involved in some way, whether that was a start or or off the bench, you know, in every single Premier League game up until that point. I know he's not played much since, but he certainly had played a lot of minutes before that and and had been heavily involved. And I think that's probably my biggest worry in terms of, of the midfield this season. Obviously, we know the issues that they've had in those areas and, you know, they have struggled in terms of fitness for a number of them. But, I think it's that imbalance really what you want is you know more options that are available which I'm sure Liverpool will have next season and maybe then you can spread those minutes and you can start to to see the best of of Harvey Elliott I think the the problem has been at certain points this season that not just him but you know Jordan Henderson Fabinho certainly you know there's there's been been too many midfielders that have played too many minutes at, at certain points and you know, have, have maybe had injuries or have had sort of struggles in terms of, of other bits and, and the knock-on effect has, has been detrimental. So I think overall, he's probably played more football than what you'd like, ideally. But as you say, it's it's kind of all come in the first bit. And then the second bit has, has been a, uh, well, I was going to say sporadic, but it's not even been that, has it? He's not really been seen for, for a little while now. So, look, he's he's a huge talent. I think there's there's a huge future for him at Liverpool. I think there's, you know, a role in the side for him, which we're going to come to. But, Um, Yeah, in terms of this season, I think he's he's played he's played a lot more football than would have been ideal, and I think that the last few games really Liverpool have a been able to to pick other players and they found a a winning formula, but also b they've probably got to be a a little bit careful with him because he is still so young. You don't want to overplay him and
1: and run him into the ground too early. Yeah, it's um, important to remember that Elliot is still only uh, 20 years of age. I think the fact that he emerged a black in 2021, um, and then obviously had a season at Liverpool, interrupted by injury, but but still, this is, is it his second year. at Anfield. can make you sort of lose sight almost of how young he, he still is. And, you know, you mentioned how how little he's featured recently. I mean, almost calling it one start from the last nine, maybe didn't even do justice how little he has played. I mean, he wasn't in the squad at all against Chelsea, like, like you alluded to there, Matt, and he's been an unused substitute five times. And really, when you're looking across that kind of stretch of games, you know, he played 63 minutes against Tottenham, which I think was a game where we saw that combination that you mentioned of Elliott and Jones. But other than that, six minutes against Fulham, two minutes against Leicester on Monday. That's pretty much it for him. So really has featured very little. Um, We'll come on to the new system shortly and and look ahead and and like you say, whether that does suit him better. But I want to look at the old system first in terms of, the kind of point you mentioned about did he suit it really. Uh, um the prevailing narrative among Liverpool fans and, and certainly critics of Elliot, of which there are a decent amount, has been that he's too defensively weak at this stage of his career to play properly um or, or thrive certainly in that four three three setup. And the stats do kind of back that up in terms of limited defensive contribution. So if you look at Liverpool's midfield options this year, Elliot ranks uh, dead last for tackles per 90, seventh for interceptions, ninth for clearances, a little bit better for ball recoveries with fifth uh, and is is quite high for block passes. But generally speaking, the picture is of someone who isn't getting through that much work off the ball. So did you kind of subscribe to that narrative that he's not a player for that kind of right sided number eight role in a four-three three because he is maybe too much of a passenger when Liverpool don't have the ball. Yeah, to some extent, I think that's fair.
0: But I mean, we've had this conversation with with other players. I think you've got to you've got to be careful with the kind of metrics and which ways you try and assess players. I think you know we we've seen again this week and it's happened almost every week that Gary Neville has had a bit of a pop at, at Trent Alexander-Arnold for example of what he can't do defensively and I think you know we we don't want to sort of fall into that trap of of looking at what Harvey Elliott can't do I think you've got to to kind of put him in a position where he can do his best things I think I think it's fair to, to say he's he's a completely different type of right-sided number eight in that 4-3-3 to, to what Jordan Henderson is, for example. And if you've got Trent in different positions, then maybe you need someone who can sort of drop in and, and be a little bit more defensive. But I would rather... To be honest, focus on the bits that he can do very well. I think he's a much more natural attacking, creative, playmaking type player than someone like Jordan Henderson. I think, you know, as we'll come to to the new system, I think he, he fits into that much more naturally. And I think that's the the kind of direction that I want Liverpool to, to go in. I mean, I'm very much one of those players that would love, you know, a team of of Harvey Elliott type players. I, I appreciate that that's not not necessarily the right blend to to get you, you know, a title winning midfield or, or whatever you need players who can do the other side of the game as well. But I think, you know, you, you want those kind of technically gifted, diminutive kind of footballers in your team as, as much as possible. And, you know, look, he's, he may well develop physically still so young enough that he could, you know, grow a little bit in terms of his stature and his, his off-the-ball stuff and, you know, being able to, to do the kind of more defensive type stuff. But I think you've just got to kind of accept, really, that if you are going to play Harvey Elliott in that midfield, you, you're not playing him because you want him to be a version of Jordan Henderson. I think possibly was was a, was it Ajax maybe earlier in the season where he, he played that kind of position and he kind of just did um, sort of an imitation of, of Henderson, really. He was kind of praised a lot around that time for, well, he did did loads of stuff off the ball and he was working really hard to, to get back and he was doing all of, of the the kind of more defensive side of, of things. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Curtis Jones in that old 4-3-3 system. You're kind of asking a, a player to adapt and move away from what their strengths are. You know, Curtis we've seen in the, the last few games has been completely unleashed in the, the final third. And he's been able to to show the the true qualities that he's got in terms of his attacking and his creativity. I think, you know, if, if you've got these players who are more naturally attacking, it, it makes more sense to try and fit them into a system where you get the best out of them rather than say, you know, they're, they're not particularly brilliant defensively. I think, you know, everyone knows that and accepts that Harvey Elliott isn't in the team for that reason. I think, you've just got to build that team or that midfield around someone like that and, and just give give them the opportunity and the platform to, to do their best. And I think Liverpool have seen the best of it with Curtis Jones in recent weeks. I've said all along that he's a much more you know, naturally attack-minded, very, very gifted footballer. And I think everyone kind of knew that. It was always a little bit strange to me that he was being asked to do things which didn't really come naturally to him and therefore we didn't see the best of him. But I think Carvey Elliott fits into that same bracket. I think if you're going to play him in a kind of... More traditional four three three, you have to accept that he's going to be good at some things and, and not so good at others. But if you put him put him in a, a position where you know he, he can kind of naturally thrive and do things that come instinctively to him, I just think that makes loads more sense and it gets much much more out of, of a really really gifted player that Liverpool have got on the books.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think, that, I think that's fair enough. I mean, w- one point on the uh, the defensive side of things, I think it's important to stress that sometimes players are uh, seen as passengers defensively because they don't necessarily have the inclination to press. That's absolutely not the case with Elliot. I mean, he's probably among almost the hardest working players, in a sense, in terms of he has that appetite. But maybe it comes down to the fact that, you know, without that much kind of top-level experience in midfield, you just don't necessarily have the awareness. But he certainly has the, the mentality that you need. It's not like he's just sort of strutting around like almost a luxury player, and not at all. But um, let, let's focus then on what he can do and that and that ties in nicely with Liverpool's new system, which, as you say, Matt, should uh, play more closely to his strengths. So how, how, in what ways does it kind of suit him, would you say? And, and are we getting closer towards his, his best position maybe? I mean, if you look back to his time at Blackburn he was playing on the wings and in attack and midfield we saw him get seven goals and, and 12 assists um for them again so we're not getting exactly replicating it he's not in that right wing role that we saw him Thrive in Ewood Park but again you push him maybe a bit further forward so are we likely to see almost like you know we've seen with Jones a little bit with, with three goals from him recently are we likely to see if Elliot was to play more in that role next season? Would you expect kind of a big step forward from him in terms of goals and assists?
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm, I'm excited about seeing in terms of, of this system. I think, like I said before, there is a bit of a question mark about whether you can have two of those players. Whether there's enough protection in that midfield, and you know Liverpool traditionally under Jurgen Klopp have had sort of three more kind of defensive, functional type midfielders. It would be a complete change to push two of those players forward, and obviously Trent can help out with Fabinho, but you'd kind of then have you know a front five, wouldn't you? The front three with the two attacking midfielders. Whether that balance is is perfect, I'm not sure. You know in an ideal world yes you'd you'd like to go with with something like that whether it you know would work in practice it depends really i'm sure we'll see it tried in pre-season they've got a whole summer to to think about that and when you think of the players that they're going to bring in Mason Mount, for example, is is one of those that you'd think is, you know, only sort of adding to that. There's been other names as well. It'd be interesting to see where someone like Alexis McAllister might fit in, but I suspect you know he'd be another one that was kind of more attack-minded rather than defensive. Obviously he can do both sides of it, but I think you know, his his strengths are are further forward. So that's that's kind of the role I see really for Harvey Elliott. And I think it would work quite nicely in the sense of, you know, you've got the opportunity to to go wide and, and you've got you know, Mohamed Salah can play on the the right to start with, but then move inside. And Elliot is a much more natural player in terms of, of Jordan Henderson in terms of, of being in those final third positions on the right hand side. I think there's been you know a number of uh, of games recently where Henderson has has done well and, and has done fine. And you know, I don't know criticize him necessarily in terms of, of the position, but I think you know in terms of of what. You know, Harvey Elliott at his peak could bring to that role. I think he would just offer so much more for you in the final third. And like I say, you've got to get the balance right. You can't just go all out attack all of the time. But I'd be really interested to to see that balance if you could get that little dynamism between you know Elliott and Salah and being able to to have an extra player in that position to go out and. And do things where Jordan Henderson maybe hasn't quite got the ability to to find that final pass or, or dribble past someone or you know just that little bit of of extra guile. I think that would be something that'd be really interesting. So that that's kind of the position that I see him playing in. And like you say, it's it's more similar to what he's done at Blackburn and where he thrived for, for Liverpool when he was you know in the the under twenty ones and and that sort of thing. So I think that's that's kind of where I see him. I think that plays into his hands much more than the position he's played previously for Liverpool. And I also think there will be opportunities. I, I would be surprised if Liverpool went out and bought another attacker this summer, even though Roberto Firmino isn't going to be there. I think there is you know, a, a world in which Harvey Elliott could play as maybe a false nine type role. I, I wouldn't rule that out for him. I think there's definitely going to be opportunities. You know, Mohamed Salah, as good as he is and as durable as he is, can't play every single minute of every game. You know, possibly there's there's an argument that you know some of of Elliot's minutes could be on the the right hand side of a front three next season. I certainly wouldn't rule that out. So there's a couple of positions that I think he he could get more minutes in and and could play in as well. But yeah, the the right sided attacker attacking midfield type role, I think, is is the one that I'd be be most excited to see him in, but. He's young enough that he can do a few of those roles, and you know, if he can play, you know, maybe maybe a similar amount of football that, that he has done this season, but kind of spread that across a couple of positions and, and maybe spread those minutes out a bit more next season. I think you know that's a, a, an opportunity. I think for for him to show the next level, as we've seen with Curtis Jones recently.
1: I remember writing at the start of the season about this and basically making the point that Arsenal and Manchester City obviously been the two outstanding teams in the league this season, both have a player who kind of isn't going to put up those big numbers when it comes to defensive actions. You look at the likes of, you know, Odegaard and De Bruyne, and there's people who've raised questions about physicality as well. But, you know, Elliot's kind of a similar build to someone like Bernardo Silva, and, and no one really asked those questions there. But basically what what you need is a structure in place behind those players where you can accommodate those kind of defensive deficiencies or whatever you want to call it. And Liverpool have that now with that kind of inverted fullback that we've obviously seen um, Arsenal and City use to great effect as well. And towards the end of your answer there, Matt, you, you touched on um, the kind of follow-up question I was going to ask you, really. this The focus of, of this podcast, this whole series of podcasts, is obviously the midfield. We're talking about a player here who can play, as I've mentioned, in that sort of right-wing role um, behind Mohamed Salah. There's a concern among some fans that I've seen that Elliot maybe doesn't have the uh, physical profile to play there in terms of a lack of sort of outright pace. Obviously, that's a a strength of a lot of Liverpool forwards. I mean, do do you share that? I mean, how how well suited is he to play right wing? Because you know we're going to touch later on sort of the amount of competition he might have for having midfield role, and it could be an important route into the uh, into lineup for him at times.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's completely fair. I don't think it'll be his position long term. I think whenever it is that Mohamed Salah starts to decline and that might still be a good number of years away yet, I don't necessarily think that Elliot would be perfectly suited to that because, as you say, he's not quite got that pace and and that speed to, to get away from players. I think his strength really is is the creativity. It's not necessarily going to be that he goes and bags loads of goals and scores loads, but I think you know he's a player that can spot a pass. I think the Bernardo Silva comparison is is an interesting one. I think you know Phil Foden is is kind of the the model that I'd look at in terms of you know he plays some of his minutes in midfield, some of his minutes further forward. You know even he is is not uh, as good as he is. He's not in Manchester City's team every single week. He's kind of been in and out a bit more this season, but he's still has a, a huge role to play and I think you just need those options. You need that quality. You need players who are, you know, young enough to to be able to to sort of drop in and out of the side and, and you know, eventually they will become first team members of, of the squad. And Liverpool need that strength in depth. They need those extra options. And I think there's loads of players that fall into that category for Liverpool that can play a couple of different roles that are young enough that they can do a few different bits and you know they don't have to be the first name on the team sheet every every single week I think you know for, for someone like Harvey Elliott that's the kind of ideal thing next season is to just play a few different positions continue to develop don't get overworked and, and don't have to play him every single week as Liverpool have had to I think if you can get you know one or two players that maybe come in and on paper are ahead of him in the pecking order when the season kicks off. There's still going to be loads and loads of minutes to play. And, you know, Liverpool may yet be in the Europa League. If they are, then, you know, maybe that becomes a competition for for some of those players that you can kind of rotate. Have a a team of of slightly less experienced players, but ones that you know that you can trust and, and rely on to play in a couple of different positions. And I just think for for him, there's there's no rush. You don't have to to be nailing down a position at this point. I think we're still a couple of years. You know, he's he's still two years younger than than Curtis Jones is. You know, he's he's still got you know loads of time on his side to to be able to to nail down what his his final position will be. It it, it might be that by the time that point in his career comes, the Liverpool have moved on again and, and they've played you know a, a, a system that they've tried at the moment for a couple of years and and then they go and, and they try something else. I just think for the moment there's there's no rush to to nail down a certain position and a certain slot in the team. I think that the kind of attacking midfield type role is is what he is best at, but that's not to say that he can't play other roles for Liverpool. And we know how much Jochen Klopp likes the, the kind of tactically adaptable and, and flexible players. I think Harvey Elliott is is a classic example of that. And Liverpool have got a squad of, of players who can do that. There's there's loads of examples that you can pick out and, and say that they can play a couple of different roles. And I think for, for a player's development that's certainly no bad thing. But yeah, I'm sure he'll get loads of minutes next season wherever wherever he ends up playing. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool
1: Echo Well let's talk about next season. Um, it's probably a fair assumption that one of the players Liverpool brings in will be a starter in that right sided Number eight role in midfield. It could be, for example, Mason Mount. If Liverpool can get that deal done, it looks like sort of a, an ideal fit for that position. So, and um, obviously, when, when you answer my if you don't see it this way, obviously give your own sort of version of events. But if that is to be the case, and then you have maybe a battle for kind of that second choice, maybe more rotational role uh, behind the new signing, and, and it comes down to Harvey Elliott versus Jordan Henderson. Who do you see as kind of more likely to be Klopp's second choice next season? Obviously two players who are on opposite maybe trajectories in their career and certainly opposite ends of their career in terms of age.
0: Yeah, no. I, firstly, I do agree with you. I think that that's the, the sort of role. Really, you look at the midfield that Liverpool have got at the moment. I mean, they're not just going to get one; they'll get at least two midfielders, maybe three in the summer, in terms of of incoming transfers. But that's that's kind of the obvious one, isn't it? That you'd look at and think they've got, you know, good options. I think you know Fabinho on this form is improved. the, the obvious one really is is that right sided more attacking role that Jordan Henderson can kind of become the James Milner when he departs and you can kind of upgrade in, in that area. But I think for, for Elliot, yeah, I think he will be ahead of, of Henderson for me in terms of, of that. I think there'll be certain games where Henderson might be might be preferred. But, you know, if, if Liverpool, for example, don't go out and get um, a backup number six for, for Fabinho, maybe Jordan Henderson's minutes come more in that position and he, he kind of plays a bit more in that role. Obviously, there's Stefan Bajcetic as well to to come into that, but I think for, for Harvey Elliott, it, it doesn't have to be a case of is he second choice is Henderson ahead of him. I don't think it will necessarily be quite that binary. It might be, you know, for, for certain games you go with him. You know, lesser teams at Anfield, for example, you'd probably go with with Harvey over over Jordan Henderson. I think that would be, you know, a, a kind of very simple but kind of. Straightforward take in terms of can you afford to to have that extra, um, not luxury player, but that that kind of extra um, attacking impetus in the, the Liverpool team. I think that would make a little bit more sense. But um, I I don't I don't think again like we said before I don't think he has to just have those minutes in that position. It might be that you know he, he can play a couple of different positions, a couple of different roles. It might be that you know he becomes the the kind of game changer off the bench. At certain points, it might be if Liverpool need a goal that if Jordan Henderson started, you can kind of change things up with him. I don't necessarily see there being a one hundred percent one over the other in terms of, of Henderson and, and Elliott in the pecking order. I think it's it, it's just the perfect scenario really to to have both of those available. It, it gives you the opportunity to do a couple of different things, and whichever one is is coming off the bench to to come into the team, whether it's you know one of them, the other, or, or both. I just think Liverpool need to, to get into a position again. We're, we're not used to having those options at Liverpool. It, it's tended to be that you've just had to pick one, the other, or, or both because there's not really been anybody else available. But if Liverpool have got the opportunity to be a little bit more tactically flexible, I don't think it necessarily has to be one is, is number two and one is number three if, if somebody else comes in who can can be that first choice. It just needs to be you know almost... A, you know, horses for courses type approach of which one is, is the best for the particular opponent that Liverpool are coming up against. And they've both got qualities, but like you say, I think Jordan Henderson is coming towards the, the back end of his, his career. Hopefully he can maybe play a few less minutes and the minutes that he does play can be a bit more impactful. And I would put Harvey Elliott in the same category for obviously the other end of, of his career, only just getting started. But I've said it so many times, I don't I don't want to see him get overplayed and, and play too much football I think Liverpool have have got to be really, really careful with them.
1: Yeah, and they will hopefully have that luxury, certainly with um, a new signing potentially coming in. I mean, it's interesting to talk about, you know, who's going to get more minutes out of uh, Henderson and Elliott. Um, In recent weeks, it's certainly been Henderson. But I suppose the question is, you know, does that last? Maybe is Henderson in there? Because when there is a bit more instability in the team, a little bit more kind of evolution with the system. Clock kind of wants those most sort of trusted players, but, you know, will it last? I suppose it is the interesting question there. But just to finish up there, Matt, just a couple of questions in terms of Elliot's long-term future, even beyond next season. I mean, Liverpool have got a, a group of, you know, two, three, four, really decent kind of prospects in the squad. Is Elliot the one you look at and think is, is maybe the brightest of those? And I suppose... Again, a difficult question to ask. He's only 20 years old and he's only made 64 first-team appearances, but do you think that he could be a starter for Liverpool long-term, based on what you're saying, or do you think at this stage it seems more likely that he might be kind of a a rotational player uh, for the team, or again, is it simply just too early to say in terms of his development? Yeah, I mean it's it's early, isn't
0: it? We've seen with Curtis Jones over the last few weeks how quickly these things can change and perceptions very quickly can can be altered. But for me, I think Harvey Elliott has got a huge scene, and I think he's a player that I've been really excited about for a couple of years now. I think the the quality that he's got, the ability in the final third, I think he's he's something that Liverpool don't have. He's left-footed as well, which I think is is an interesting dynamic within this Liverpool team. There's not too many players who've got that ability to to play you know, from the right, obviously Salah is an obvious one, but he gives Liverpool something different, I think, Harvey Elliott in terms of, of in that midfield. I think I think for me he could easily become, you know, a nailed on starter. I think he's definitely got the, the ceiling for that. But it's hard, isn't it? Because you know, in this modern football, in in so many so many games that Liverpool hopefully will play in the coming years, it's quite hard to say that somebody is absolutely nailed on to being that first eleven. Or you know, there's there's not many teams, uh, not many players, I should say, within the, the Liverpool team that you could say are, are absolute certainties. Obviously, Salah is one of them. You know, Van Dijk, at, at, his, at his peak. Obviously, he'll have to to kind of be. Um, sort of lesson in terms of his role over the next few years. The goalkeeper obviously is one, and and Trent is one. I, I'm not I'm not going to say with any certainty that, that Harvey Elliott could reach that kind of level. Is he going to transform his position in the way that Trent has, or is he going to play with the the same consistency that Salah has? I think that would be would be very very hard to to get to that level. But I think he does have a a ceiling and a potential that he can get very close to that at the very least. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was was one of those that took big steps forward. Obviously, we've not seen loads of him in this new system, but I'm really excited to, to see what he looks like as, as we've discussed over the last half an hour or so. I think he's he's definitely got the potential for that to be the case. But yeah, I think as much as anything, because of the position that he plays, you know, with someone like Trends at, at right back or Salah in terms of the front three, it's it's maybe slightly easier in those positions to say with any certainty. You know, you, you're not going to have, for example, you know, a different right back every game. Generally, that's a position that. Tends to, to be one player, and then you've got an understudy. I think in midfield, it's it's a little bit more of a, a grey area in terms of the the first name on the team sheet. I mean, you know, obviously Fabinho is is the number one at, at the heart of of the midfield, but even he, at, at points this season, Stefan Bajetic was was ahead of him, and you know, Liverpool have had loads of, of issues in midfield. I think that the midfield, because of the number of players that Liverpool are going to have in their next season because of the quality that they've got and the, the different qualities individually that they've got, I think it's it's probably the hardest area of the pitch to say, for certain, this is your first choice three. Um, and, and hopefully that'll be you know even harder next season when they've got a couple of players who can, can stay fit and, and add to that even more. So I think he's definitely got the potential to do that. But whether any Liverpool midfielder will definitely be in the team every single week moving forwards, I think it's probably quite hard to say that with any certainty.
1: Yeah, obviously the role of Liverpool midfielders has certainly evolved in uh, recent weeks and and will continue to do so if Alexander-Arnold is to remain in midfield long-term, which certainly looks like a safe bet at the moment. But yeah, I think that will about wrap us up for this podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening, whether you've been listening on the Twitter space live or listening afterwards on audio. I've been your host David Gummerford and I was joined by the Liverpool.com editor Matt Addison. We'll be back next week to continue our series of deep dives on Liverpool's midfielders, and we will see you then. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.